right, guys, before we jump into what's going to be a fun show, got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years, and everyone says the same thing. It is a big-time family atmosphere over there, and they're part of the DNVR family. They're big-time, diehard Denver sports fans, just like you. And so when you go down to Green Mountain Dental Group, they're going to treat you like family, and they'll be part of the same family as you, the DNVR family. So make sure you go down there, and when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they're going to hit you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. Cleaning x-ray and exam. Walk away with a free Sonicare toothbrush to keep those teeth pearly and white when you're not at Green Mountain Dental Group. But when you do need any work done, make sure it is Green Mountain Dental Group. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for Bounce Back Day for Drew Locke. I just came up with that right now. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah thank you. Actually, two Bs. Bounce Back. Bounce BB. Back, yes. Yeah. Uh, Firing the BB gun, as it were. We will talk about that here in just a second. But first, a shout-out to our friends at MSU Denver. msudenver.edu slash online is where you can scope out all they have to offer, and they have a lot to offer. We're talking 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs. There's something for everyone over at MSU Denver. And as I've told you guys many times before, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution. So if you're looking to maintain your full-time gig while getting a better education, MSU Denver is the place for you. Mace, how are you doing on this Friday that we both agree feels like a Thursday? Yeah, I'm doing very well, although I'm dressed like a Friday. Mm. You know, I mean, you pretty much always dress like it's Friday for camp. Yes, <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's hot out there. I, it's I, very hot. Got to yeah, keep cool, right? One way or the other. But it was yeah. only eighty today, and it felt like felt 90. warmer. Felt yeah. warmer. Yeah, that's bad news for when it hits ninety. Yeah, I'm I'm actually just starting to get a little bit nervous here about less than two weeks from now when we're going to be up in Minnesota at the joint when it's the joint practices, and Minnesota, you can get lucky and have a nice summer day but you can also get unlucky and have an extraordinarily hot and humid day. So there's about a 50-50 shot that the worst in terms of weather for Broncos camp is yet to come, even after, the, especially the first couple of days. We were roasting out there. Man. Yes. You got the best day today. I know. Well, I heard yesterday was pretty cool. It wasn't, but, okay. I, was on the, but I was on the hillside. Yeah, that's different. See, you know, Zach will tell you he was probably pretty cool because they you got shade get, over there. You can get some shade, although this is just a little inside baseball kind of thing here. The way they've got it for the 2M media on the field is that you, you kind of stand on the sideline or you stand behind the end zone. Well, the practices they were on the they were on the second field in and the last couple of days, you could go kind of on the si- on the sideline of the field that's the first field in closest to the parking lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, you ask you ask forgiveness, not permission. Myself, 
DMAC, Ryan O'Halloran from the post, a couple others. We go over on the far feet, far away from where they're practicing, but where there's nobody in front. So I'm just sitting there. I got my, I'm in the shade under one of the towers. I got my binoculars up. I'm just having a ball. And then we get the word, no, 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 you got to move to the other side. And mm-hmm. so like the last 25 minutes of practice, my view is crap because I'm blocked by the entire offense. Whereas I got my binoculars, I have this perfect angle, even from field level. No, it's crazy. You can't how, have fun. It's crazy how uh, particular the coaches and players are. Yes. about this. Did you see Lindsey Jones, a little anecdote from Peyton Manning's time the other day? No, but so I pro- if, if you jog my memory, I'm probably aware of it. So she says, obviously, when practice starts, everyone's out there um, taking attendance. Yes. So Peyton came up to her uh, one of the first times she was in the locker room when he got to Denver and said, hey, what are you writing down uh, mm-hmm. when you're writing in your notebook at the beginning of practice? Yeah. She was like, oh, I'm taking attendance and seeing like if there's anyone who's limited. And he was like, oh, okay. Like he was very, he was like, Wanted to make sure she wasn't writing down any trade secrets. Oh, Peyton was the king of this, and it influenced everything the Colts did in particular when he was there because this is a true story. Back when he played for the Colts, if you were in visiting media, even at the games, you could not shoot from a direction for a couple of years in which you were facing facing Peyton and the Colts' offense. Crazy. You had to shoot from the other end. So basically behind him because he didn't want uh, he didn't he didn't want the signals and all that from field level getting out there, and of course Peyton said that and Bill Polian running the Colts the Colts said okay and Polian used to sit up in the press box and would mark down any violations of when the music was turned off on the road. So like if the music went played for like a half second after the huddle broke, he'd write it down and he would submit it to the league. Wow. I mean, it, you had with Peyton and Polian, the two Ps, you had two guys who were just on this absolutely ridiculous level of watching everything. And some of it still kind of carries over the Broncos to this day. Although, I'll say this, the shooting period at the start of practice today was the longest I've ever seen. Oh, they, they extended it for went me a little all, bit. It went all the way <laughs> up to the start of the team period. Okay, well, you mentioned watching everything. Yes. And we were watching everything out there at practice today. Three sets of eyes today. the reason, three sets of eyes today. And the reason everyone's here and the reasons everyone's watching this is they want to know what happened with the quarterback competition. And to give you guys a little behind the scenes of how we come up with the scores for the scoreboard, which we will reserve until that story comes out, um, we all give a cumulative. You know, we, yeah. we each give our input and then we – try to find a happy medium somewhere. We'll tell you our first, scores, but I'll tell you this. We all agreed. For the first time today, we all had the exact same score. Yeah. Um, and I find that to be interesting. I obviously didn't see as much of the first two days as you guys. But today followed a very interesting pattern to me, Mace. And I guess I want to start by asking you this. Did this Teddy Bridgewater performance look like the other ones to you? A little bit, and in, in, in fact, I'm just thinking back of some of when he did. He didn't go. He didn't go vertical. In fact, he mi- he missed his long shot. Mm-hmm. He had Jerry he had Judy. Jerry Judy, where he just that was a duck. We were sitting sitting there. We were kind of few of us were making kind of the quack quack. Well, <laughs> no uh, people uh, by me yeah. were like, "Did that get tipped at the line?" Yeah. I'm like, "No, that kind of throw doesn't get tipped." Right. And then the other downfield plays. He looked for Fant on a post in a red zone period, and it was too far. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. But that was a that, it's kind of like a purposeful overthrow. It was. It was. It, it you know the difference between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is this. Drew had that play yesterday, and he tried to jam it in there, and it probably should have been picked. Teddy is going to, if he's going to err, he's going to err on the overthrow, and maybe my guy in the back of the end zone can catch it, but the defense isn't coming up with it. I am not, you know, we may not, we may not get seven here, but we're not giving up three. Mm-hmm. And Drew came very, you know, he Drew is, hey, good for him. He has not thrown a pick. Came very close to a couple yesterday. So he so that's the sort of a difference between the two. And then Teddy had he and a play that could have worked out. It was about an intermediate range, about 20 yards to the sideline, Tyree Cleveland. Nice job to get separation. I believe Sertan was in coverage. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't bring just it in. Well, yeah, yeah, I just it was it was it was in his hands. I mean, that's two passes <laughs> that Teddy has thrown to Tyree that have hit him in the hands and he hasn't been able to come up with. Although couple of days ago, that would have been a great catch. This one was one that Tyree should have had. So here's where I'm going with this. And I feel pretty strongly about this now that I've kind of watched these two. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is ever going to do anything to win this competition. Other than not lose it. So to me, the door could not be more wide open for Drew Locke to go out and take this competition. Now he has to do it. Because Teddy, I used this metaphor yesterday, and I like it. Teddy is just returning the serve. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit a, a ping pong ball over on his side, he's going to hit it right back. You're going to hit it to him, he's going to hit it right back. He is waiting for you to make the mistake. He's just going to keep playing it back and wait for you to screw up. Today, Drew didn't do it. Today, mm-hmm. Drew was dialed in. He was locked in, and he made some big plays down the field, but he also was the more accurate of the two based on completion percentage. Yeah. So... Because Teddy missed that, Teddy missed that little little cross underneath. Yep. Early, and then of course he missed the one to Judy. He overshot Fant, and then Tyree. And I think Drew only had one. I believe so. Yeah. One incompletion on the day. Yeah. If Drew can just perform well, day in and day out, I think that he's going to win this job. I think the door is wide open for him to do so because Teddy, to me, like. The amount of checkdowns is almost nauseating. And I realize he's playing this smart. He wants to just say, like, I'm going to do the right thing, the smart thing, the easy thing, and that's fine. He's also picked up something, and I noticed it because he he did hit Judy today. Mm -hmm. Both these guys are, but I think Teddy, this is where he might go beyond the two-yard check down to a running back to a a shorter immediate pass to Locke or to Judy. He's figuring out. If I just get the ball to Judy, he's going to do something. He's going to make me look good. And he sure does. And he sure does. And Drew had the, the post route to him today, and it was interesting. Drew has, and this is another thing that's kind of worth noting, Drew is making mincemeat when he goes of the second team when he's got Judy to work with. Mm-hmm. Well. As he should. Mm-hmm. Another thing today is, and this is kind of where, you know, Drew is the high-variance quarterback. His highs are higher. His lows are lower. Teddy is very even. Well, today you had a day where there was not as much pressure. Yesterday, Vic mm-hmm. cranked up the pressure. It wasn't just Vaughn off the edge. It was supplementing that with guys coming up the A-gap. Today, Vaughn got a rest day. Shelby Harris got a rest day. And you didn't see the same kind of pressure looks. It was almost like this was a day after yesterday. You, it was a day... Instead of throwing the kitchen sink at the quarterbacks, 
decided to kind of ease back, drop into coverage, give him the chance to find some more windows. Now, Teddy, being the even key, because his highs are lower, didn't really kind of rise up. Mm-hmm. But Drew did yeah. rise up. and that. It, but if the pressure gets cranked up again tomorrow, Drew's performance in the past would say that he'll probably have a run like he did yesterday when he had that spate of incompletions and was missing guys. So it's really kind of it's really kind of interesting. And and Vic alluded to the fact that the guy the quarterbacks have been what the, what you expected. Yeah. They really have been. Yep. That's the truest thing here. Drew so far has been kind of like this, and Teddy has been kind of like this. Today for Drew was up here. I will say I was a little bit, and I mentioned it briefly a second ago. I was a little bit disappointed by how many checkdowns Teddy took in seven on sevens. Yes. Um, and, and then Drew took a bunch of checkdowns. He did too. too. I um, mean, it's in Teddy's defense, Drew went through a pretty long checkdown phase today as he well. He did. But yeah. Drew did. I mean, he Eventually had the 50-yard bomb yes. uh, to KJ Hamler, which great throw, great catch, mm-hmm. um, awesome play all around. Um, that, but, was, that was against the twos as well. Again, it, Drew, again, Drew Motley, makes yeah. – Drew yeah, – Parnell Motley, Drew is kind of making him his own personal hand puppet. Yeah. When yeah. it's when it's him going against the twos, when it's him going against the twos, especially considering that he's it's Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler going against the twos. When those guys line up against second team cornerbacks, it's not fair. And by the way, it's not OJ Moody they're doing this against. It's Motley. Yeah. OJ Moody is holding his own. He is. But it's like when they're going against the twos, they're not throwing in OJ's direction. They're going they're going in Motley or somewhere else's direction. So um, what I was going to say, though, is Benjamin Albright, I thought, made an interesting point yesterday. And he said, so if it is seven-on-seven work and one quarterback, you know, uh, follows the concept and throws an incomplete pass and one quarterback goes through his reads and throws it to the check down, who wins the rep? And to me, it's like neither. Um, Because I, I just... Checking it down in seven on seven might as well be running, running in seven on seven. I mean, might as well be to you, but to the coaches, it's not. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know the answer yeah. to that because, again, in real life, that guy's probably covered. Well, no, but what they, but what the coaches want to see is that, all right, it, can you go through your progressions quickly and then go to the open man. Right, but if you Even go through it, the progressions yeah. and it just doesn't get completed, I think what I'm saying is but most you, of seven-on-seven seven work is designed right. just to make sure you know the progression. But the, all, but also, it's when you see that nothing's there, make, it, make a quick decision. Okay, what's got the best chance? What's got the best chance of at least keeping the line moving? And the thing, and that's what, because if there's nothing there, unless you are in comeback mode, if, if it's the second quarter and it's, and it's seven to three, then what do you want on second and 10? Do you want the incompletion that's thrown into traffic and potentially picked off? Or do you want the dump off that gets two, that gets two yards and maybe the running back makes the guy miss and turns that into five or seven? Because that's actually something Melvin Gordon, for example, does very well. And that's why yep. we've alluded to this over the last few months. Melvin Gordon would be Teddy Bridgewater's best friend. Yes. And Melvin may not be unhappy with that because... Melvin in San Diego and Los Angeles was a pretty fair receiving back. Yes. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I want to see Teddy just trust himself a little more. I I, think I do too. That is what I'm getting at mostly is just like when you see that, 
I, I, and seven on seven, there are guys that are going to be open. Mm-hmm. So trust your arm. Throw it in there. You remember the end game? And this is kind of, I think, illuminates your point. The end game scenario in Charlotte back in December. Panthers are down five. They've come back. You know, Teddy's actually done some nice things to get the Panthers back in the game at that point. Yep. And, you know, you know what, ha- what happens? They go three and out, right? Yes. And when he gets to that fourth down and he does realize he's got to kind of stay in a little bit longer to, to give an opportunity because they had fourth and long and it kind of broke, it, it broke down, which is why the notion that if you're down 10 points in the fourth with seven and a half minutes to go, you're better off with Drew than with Teddy. But the problem is if Drew still is a wide variance, high variance quarterback, are you, is that putting you in a position where you're down 10 or 14 points consistently in the fourth fourth quarter because there's been a mistake or two along the way. Sometimes, I mean, I, I sometimes think, RK, that these two quarterbacks may call for a completely unorthodox solution here. Like starting Teddy and having Drew be the relief pitcher. Starting uh. Teddy and then having Drew in the red zone. Start Teddy and then have, if you're down by double, by 10, by 7 to 14 points in the fourth quarter, put Drew in late to see if you can't, he can't will your, will your way back. Because right now, they're still incomplete quarterbacks. Neither yes. of them on their own is going to be enough for this team to do anything relevant. But you don't think that they'll do that. No, yeah. absolutely not. Now, Bill Belichick, I think, might come up with something like this with Cam and Matt Jones. Mm, interesting. But I don't think that, with all respect to Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, et cetera, they're, they are not the types of coaches that are going to try to rewrite the book on something like how they handle quarterbacks. You know, this is, you know, they're not they're not going to try something audacious. I know if you're probably if you're a 40-year-old Bronco fan, maybe your brain is flashing back to Dan Reeves shuttling Tommy Max and Sean Moore in alternating plays back in right, 1992. Right. You know, it, eventually it was exposed, but the first game they tried that, they played the Cowboys, best team in football, and they and they nearly won the game, a game that nobody thought they had a chance to win without John Elway. So I'm just saying it's not something you'd want for the long term, but if these guys do what if these guys are what they are, and like Vic said, these quarterbacks have basically been what he thought they what he thought they were, I would consider an orthodox situation. I think Bill Belichick would consider an orthodox solution. I'm not sure the Broncos will. Yeah, I don't think they will. And, and I've been thinking about the same thing here because I think if the I think Broncos, you'd appreciate that, by the way. Oh, Sorry to I, interject because I know you are an outside-the-box thinker. Ingenuity, I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think that football is one of the worst places for it. Um, so many people S- stuck in their ways. Such a herd mentality in this sport. I think that if the Broncos' schedule was different, this would be a lot easier decision for these coaches. I think that if the schedule was more balanced I guess Mm -hmm. then it would be easy for them to say let's just give Drew the start and if he doesn't get it together then we'll go to Teddy the problem is here the Broncos have to win early they just have to they got to win their first two games honestly uh and they probably need to come out of their first four at three and one yes um two and two as a worst case scenario you're still alive but again it only gets tougher from there so you really do have to give yourself the best chance to win early. And I'm not saying that's not Teddy, 
or I'm, I say, I'm, I'm not saying that's not Drew, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give the coaches the give the benefit of the doubt to the younger guy just because he's younger luxury. I think right. that they have to really get this decision right right now. They do. And, I mean, the interesting thing, you look kind of at the way the season starts – I think they would. I think they would probably beat the Jaguars, regardless of who the quarterback is. Probably said the same could be said for the Jets, but that Giants game, that their New York's defense is just good enough to cause some problems for you. Mm-hmm. Just good enough to where if you take an unnecessary risk, they're going to pounce on it and play some better ball down the stretch last year. So I kind of you know, I kind of get what I kind of get what you're saying. You wish it kind of was. A, a little bit different, but even so, like you got if they're like if, if you, they're not three and zero at the uh, if they're not three and zero at the start, I don't like their chance to be a playoff team. Three and zero is a lot, asking a lot. Yeah, I mean they've never won a game in that month. I know. Fangio. We look. We know they're better than the Jaguars, and you get the advantage of getting Trevor Lawrence with a game of film. I would feel much worse about the Jaguar game if that were the opener. So, Much worse because then yeah. I think I, I think it. Well, what are they going to do? I, the element of the element of surprise is going to help the Jaguars, and I actually think they're going to massacre the Texans in Week One, mm. just because they have they're a much more dynamic team. Is Deshaun I, Watson playing in that game? If if Deshaun well, isn't Deshaun Watson like a safety right now in practice? Or oh, something? they're using yeah. him on scout team. Yeah, I, I, I mean that. something. Yeah, it's just crazy. So. I like Jacksonville in week two for the Broncos because Vic's got a week of film to study to study on Trevor Lawrence, and they'll figure some things out. But, yeah, they've got to win these three because you mentioned Baltimore, Pittsburgh, then you get the Raiders, and then you get the Browns. And so that's probably a stretch where three and four, one and three is probable, I think. So, and, then, and then Washington and Washington and Dallas are so interesting after that because those are – probably coin flip games as you look at them right now. Yeah. So that's why I'm yeah. looking and I'm saying, oh man, if you started the season against Kansas City, you just say like we're starting Drew. Right. We're not winning this game most likely either way. Unless you say, well, Teddy played well against the Chiefs last year, which he did. <laughs> yeah, 33-31 loss in Arrowhead. And Drew had one good game against them as well. One early mistake yeah. that kind of prevented them from winning that game. The, but the thing is, as Vic Fangio pointed out in his press conference today, you know, how many, yep. can I use the word? Yes, of course. How many, you know, you know, how many good plays is take to out, outweigh one shitty one? And depending and, on and, how bad that one is. And you could say, for example, in the Chiefs and Chargers games, the shitty plays throwing to the left in the red zone that end up picked off probably cost them those games. Yeah. Even though they were early, first quarter, you look back on the game flow and that that's what did it right there. You look and you look at the Falcon game, you know, one shitty decision downfield. I'm just going to use Vic's word that basically turns the comeback from a realistic possibility into something that was a bridge too far. Yeah. It, it's it, it's an interesting part of football. It is. Where it's such a battle that goes back and forth, you know, in a good game the whole entire game. But then afterwards, you look back and you say, oh, man, that one thing kind of changed thing. Mm-hmm. If they just scored three there, it's a different game. I'm absolutely convinced they would have won that Chiefs game if not for that pick. 
I, I think they would have had a great chance. The chi- really because do. the Chiefs were the Chiefs did not come ready to win that night. Nope. They came ready to kind of mess around. So they were there to be had. Uh it's an interesting little battle they got going. But no. do you agree with my point? And this will be our last, you know, thing here. Do you agree with my point that if Drew plays well, if he gives us good Drew on more days than not, he will win this competition? Yes. Okay. And that's and that I was w- my biggest w- takeaway today. Exactly. If he if he does put it this way, if, if he strings to even on our scorecard, if he strings together enough six four days, he's going to be the guy, and he should be the guy for this year. And then the season becomes finding out if he is a long term answer or if he is Tyrod Taylor for Buffalo in twenty seventeen, or what Jacksonville should have thought of with Blake Bortles that same year or Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. You know, you, you're fine. You're fine. You, you, you can, you can have success with him, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're writing him the big check if you're smart. So can Drew go beyond that level? Then you get the year to find out. Yep. You get the year to find out and then you go into a, a decent quarterback draft next year and, uh, and, and go fishing if it's not enough, or you go get Aaron Rodgers because I'm sure you saw the news of that restructure yesterday. And mm-hmm. kind of what's in there. The number $47 million is floating in space because there's no way the Packers are going to have a $47 million cap charge for Aaron Rodgers next year. Right. So either there's a he's happy, he decides to say, stay, there's a restructuring, or it really is the last dance that he's alluded to and he's somewhere else. And if you were betting on possibilities, if Aaron Rodgers is not a Packer next year, the Broncos are still the favorite. They are. All right, uh, Mace, we got to do our DraftKings pick of the week now. Do you have anything for me? Do I have anything for you? Well, I will give you a second. I'll you, give you, the people... you do yours. I'm getting my uh, baseball pick here. For you. So uh, everyone knows I've become a huge Rapids guy. Rapids. Hey, I going... got I mean, Rapids hat on I, I know, here. Throwback Rapids. It looks nice. Uh, I was love calling my name when I was out at Dick's about a week and a half ago. I had to oh, get it. I love the gold. I wish they'd bring that back. Um, Rapids going to Austin this weekend to take on Austin FC. Austin, Massachusetts? No, Austin, you know, <laughs> Texas. You, you saw that. You know what I'm referencing, right? I don't, but I... Road trip. Oh, so I about, saw road from trip. From 2000. You know Tom Green's character, he, like Austin, like he tells the girl he's looking for one of the guys, Austin, Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, so I'm taking. I'm going tie no bet here, which takes away a little bit of your value. But yes. I hate ties, and so I don't want to lose my bet because of a tie. But you've come to like soccer. I do. Well, I've always liked soccer. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting into the Rapids. I'm just bandwagoning the Rapids this year because they're good. Um, plus 130 to beat Austin FC. If it's a tie, you get a push. I like the value there. I think the Rapids are the better side. Uh, they just made a big move to, to uh, give yeah. themselves – Possibly the best midfield in MLS. So, they did. Um, a lot going their way, and they're going down to Austin. I think they get the job done. Now, next time you go to a Rapids game, though, are you going to uh, are you going to sit in the with the supporters and sing the whole game, or are you going to uh, join me up in the more sedate area along the sideline? Mm-hmm. I will be with the supporters. Okay. Yep. All right. You know what? Though I, I'm 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 glad. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably a little too old for that at this point i just like to kind of i just like to sit there and sit there up about 20 ro- about 15 rows up on the side on the uh, sideline and uh 
I mean, it's a much better view from where you are. Yeah, it it, it is. And, uh, of course, the other thing they've got going for their, for you there is they have a fish and chip stand right there by the supporters Ooh, area. I got a I, meatball sub. I don't know why. Uh, you, I was very several drinks deep. You should, have the, good. you should have the fish and chips or you should have one of the meat pies that they have down there. Oh, uh, no. There it is. Oh. That's why I got the meatball sub. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I did a, I did a fishing ship order last time I was there and it's amazing. Wow. But I'm also half English. So anyway, you know what? I love my reliable bet here. And this is, it didn't work out for me last week though. And it's the over under on the picture opposing the Atlanta Braves tonight. That's Brewers against Braves. Braves taking on the first place guys from Milwaukee. Corbin Burns, his over under for strikeouts is seven and a half tonight. Take the over against a still free-swinging Atlanta lineup, even without Ronald Acuna Jr. there leading off. All right, there you go. There are your picks of the week. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you check them out. This week, you can get one to win 100 if any American medals. Americans are meddling every five minutes, it seems. Um, So just get in on that. Uh, Make sure you cash in on your free $100 of any American medals. And, of course, you can always get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR. While you're signing up uh, to get that, of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Massive day coming up on Saturday. Oh, yeah. It is the grand opening 2.0 of the DNVR bar. We're going to have a red carpet. We're going to have ribbon cutting. Going to have a big time party. You know, in the midst of all this, there's going to be a live Broncos show. That is true. Going on, going on here. And I will probably be quietly working on my quarterback piece while all this is going on. But uh, you're going to get to come see all of us at some point if you hang out long enough. We're going to have a huge party. We're giving away a Never Summer Breckenridge Brewery snowboard, ski goggles, cooler, and tons of swag all day long, and all you have to do is show up in your errand to win. Here's the thing. If you're a member, you're going to get 10 extra raffle tickets right off the bat. So there are always extra perks to becoming a member. Do it all. Do it already. Do it right now. Get those raffle tickets if you're coming on down for the grand opening 2.0, 1 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Saturday here at the DNVR Bar at the corner of East Colfax and York Street in one of the great, maybe the greatest city in the world, Denver, Colorado. DMVR, of course, has the most in-depth coverage for your professional Denver teams. You probably know that from listening to podcasts, but there are more perks to becoming a member, including you get to read our content. You get to read our quarterback scoreboard. You get to read a thorough story on everything else beyond quarterbacks. So if you're sick of reading about the quarterbacks later on this afternoon, early this evening, Read my piece on the day. Caught up with Bobby Massey and Josie Jewell after practice. Tell you what they had to say about things that are going on. You can join the DMVR Golf League as well if Next you become time. a DMVR main member. The DMVR Golf League has uh, concluded. It has. Oh, yes. well, let me delete that from the read here. <laughs> uh, but it was a blast, honestly. I, yeah. I, uh, I can't wait for the next one. We're actually considering maybe trying to get another thing uh, going before the end of this um golf season and some courses in this state never close though yeah but we'll never close like for months i mean they'll close for a snowstorm right right and then yeah. also we've got another dnvr golf tournament coming later in the summer oh okay we'll check that out also 
I mentioned the extra raffle tickets. You read our content. You get that DMVR locker shirt. We've got new Broncos stuff coming uh, down the Very pipe. Soon, so yes. stay tuned. Lots of stuff coming. You're going to get a big beer for the price of a small beer at the DNVR bar. And of course, you can join us on a live stream or podcast. All these reasons and so much more. You get discounts at the DNVR locker in addition to that free shirt and discounts with our sponsors as well. So check all that out. And by the way, just dropped uh, yes. a new training camp sale. We do one every year, and yes. uh, this one just came out. Let me make sure I get the details correct here. Uh, what you're going to do is use the code CAMP2021 when you sign up at thednvr.com to get in on all the coverage, including the much-heralded uh, QB scoreboard. CAMP2021, sign up for 59 59- 98 is what it costs to get a one-year subscription. You're going to get a $60 gift card to the DNVR locker when you do so. So what does that mean? You are losing money if you don't do it. Exactly. exactly. There you go. See? I mean, just become a member and you're going to you're going to realize savings over time and on top of everything else you get to read what we write. Absolutely. I mean, you're you know, think of it's not just camp in Broncos coverage the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Canton. I'm going to be it's literally at Steve Atwater's Hall of Fame party yep. next week. Going to be out in Minneapolis for the joint practices. We are wherever the Broncos go. We're there. Couldn't have said and it better we'll myself. And we'll take you there. Speaking of anywhere, Hassel Cattle Company, they'll deliver their delicious Ooh, nice. Wagyu beef anywhere in the country. And uh, let me tell you, the people that work here at DNVR are obsessed with Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu beef. Uh, most notably Eric, uh, who is over in the office right there. Uh, you know, he's always looking. He's putting in like an order a week at Hassel Cattle Company. He likes to say that he just runs on on Hassel Cattle Wagyu at this point. He's just composed of Hassel Cattle Wagyu. Um, it's honestly that good. I don't know how else to explain it to you other than I love recommending it to people because then like a few days later, they just tell me how great I am for recommending this to them. And that's like gasoline on a flame when people tell you how great you are. Yes, it is. I, I got a compliment from Noshan Moreno today. So um, that that's going to take me through the weekend for sure. That's awesome. And what did Noshan tell you? So I went on the Broncos live stream. Yeah. He was, I think, hosting it with Steve. Is that? Yes. Yeah, so um, he was co-hosting with Steve. Then they cut away to me. Uh, Alexis Perry interviewed me. On the hillside, right? On the hillside. And... As they cut back to them, he said, man, who is that guy? He knows what he's talking about. So. No, Sean's a good dude. Yeah. And apparently um, interested in maybe uh, working in the media a little bit more. So maybe we can get him on a show or two. We, we should have him down for a show. We should have him here at the bar. We absolutely should. Yes. Uh, so anyways, Castle Cattle have, Company. Yeah. We should also have some artwork memorializing his moment of the tears streaming down his cheeks for yes. the anthem in Kansas City. We One could of, have a shot called No Sean Tears. Oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> but it would be all about love because, yes, you know, yes. he got he got flack for that. That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen covering the Broncos was the was that emotional reaction at that moment. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Anyways, Hassle Cattle Company, buy three, get one free right now on their DN, or on their flank stakes. The code is DNVR flank at checkout. Buy three, get one free. And also you can use the code DNVR10 for 10% off and you always get free shipping when your order is over $200, and let me tell you, you're going to want more than $200 of this stuff, uh, or you'll just keep doing more orders. But either way, check out Hassle Cattle Company. Let's talk about other positions today. All right. Let's start with my favorite play of the day. Well, See if let you me can guess. guess what it is. 
I know what it is. Tell me. Lloyd Cushenberry pancake blocking uh, oh AJ Johnson. God, I love that. Yeah, that was no, awesome. No offense to Alexander Johnson, uh, but Lloyd Cushenberry getting out in space and knocking him to the ground. I mean, that's that 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 got you fired up. And what is interesting, that con- there were people I know who expected a Quinn Miners Lloyd Cushenberry competition. With all respect to the belly, it ain't, it ain't happening. happening. Cushenberry is going to be the starter. Yep. And he should be. He looks bigger, stronger. And also, and he's also quicker. And part of that is knowing what's coming and a little bit better. Now, that being said, it's not all perfect. You could Yesterday, when they threw some A-gap blitzes, he, he, got beat, he got beat a couple of times, but he settled down, had a good day today. But the, the pancake, and like Dalton Reisner was waxing poetic about the mm. pancake when he met with the media after practice. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh look at that. That is a I, D-Line Co. original. I should have known that we had that in there somewhere. That's beautiful. D-Line? Oh. How, what's the age of that? Eight, Shortly so after it happened. In, was that on a t-shirt? Uh, sticker only. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's be- sweet. Thank you, Allie. That's beautiful. <laughs> and... Well, can you make it a little smaller? There we go. There we go. It fits yeah. right in that little corner. Yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, the oh, B- right next to the other crying person. Yeah, the, you got the BFFs <laughs> together, RK and and No Sean, right there my on that side no of the frame. Sean. Oh my gosh! So yeah, Kush, yeah, yeah, huge play, and that was the second biggest ovation of practice, other than Jerry Judy just getting the people riled up after a big catch. He loves the fans, and the fans love him. He they is, really do. He he is the breakout star, actually. Going through the team store yesterday and seeing the players that had the jerseys on the racks, it's almost like it's kind of stuck in stuck in back in time from what things look like going into the 2020 season, because or even or 2020 off season I should say before the pandemic hit. Because I'm like, there needs to be some Judy stuff up here. Mm, no Judy, huh? Yeah, they got they got to get on that. I think if you were to pull fans right now like he would be easily top three favorite players right now maybe part of it was last year the drops yeah but but let me just say this jerry rice had a lot of drops yeah he did if he finishes next season with less than 100 catches i believe that is a failure on the coaching staff yeah because both the quarterbacks have shown they're going to get him the ball yep and both both drew and teddy have figured out pretty quickly number 10 is going to make me look good yes well I, why didn't that happen last season i just remember us and obviously drew played a role in this because he wasn't great but i just remember us sitting there thinking you know half halfway through the game how does jerry mm-hmm. Judy not have a catch yet yeah and it was even i mean it was really more pronounced on the games that I saw in person and i i think back to some of those road games and they were only like it was limited on media so Usually it was me and Ryan O'Halloran from the post. And for a game or two, Troy Rank was also there from seven. And sometimes we look at each other and say, like, he's, he's wide open. <sighs> Why can't they get him the ball when you're seeing it up top over and over again? Just but get I, it in the vicinity and give him a shot because, his, because he's shaking people with his routes, even though once Cortland Sutton was down, he started getting CB1 in coverage. Didn't matter. Yeah. 
He was he was still getting open. What's crazy too is I talked to some sources last season asking them that same thing. There's always highlights of Judy being wide open, the ball's not going there, and they're saying, "Well, yeah, he's the third read on that play, and he's not, and well, Drew's not getting to the third well, that's, read, and that's part of it. But that's a coaching problem. Why is Jerry Judy not the first read? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But at the same time, it's it's also part of how Drew has to grow and and totally. why until he becomes somebody who can consistently get through the progressions and get to the third read and be able to make plays on that read, it will put a ceiling on what Drew can do. And yeah. that's why when you see him kind of move his head, move, use, use his eyes, you're, encur- you're encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Now then kind of the next step on that is, okay, what happens against full tilt pressure? Today, didn't see a lot of pressure. He got comfortable. But he didn't have to face Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Yeah. So what happens when things break down a little bit and he's having to move? You've still got to be able to kind of keep your eyes downfield and keep being aware of your progressions even as things are breaking down. And that's what and if and if he does that, that's what's going to open up the possibilities for him. I mean, Bridgewater can already do that. The thing is, Teddy doesn't have the arm talent to always exploit that. Right. As Drew could if he could get past this roadblock. And like Vic Fangio said yesterday, you know, Drew's done a good job studying. He's learned things. But now it's taking it to the next step where it's where it's on the field. And that's where it's still very much hit or miss. And that's where the question comes in of whether he's going to take it to the next level or not. Last thing I wanted to just say about Jerry Judy. Um watching him today, he looks like a Totally different person from last year. Now, last year, the talent was still popping off the page. I remember writing in like a training camp takeaways, like sometimes you don't even know who's guarding Jerry Judy because he's so open. Yeah. But he looks so comfortable out there. Just even the, like his body language, the way he's getting in with the crowd yeah. and pumping them up. I'm like, oh man, he almost last year, it felt like he was on vacation and now he's home. It's an interesting way of putting it. Usually on vacation, you enjoy yourself, though. No, but I just he didn't mean like, he enjoyed himself. I last just don't year, think, but he, I can't blame him. Right? Uh, maybe vacation isn't the right word. Maybe he was on a, a work trip last year, and now he's at home. I think I, I actually, I think this. I think it's interesting you mentioned work trip. Um, I think back to when I went from covering the Broncos to the Panthers. And just you go from covering one team to another into different rhythm. And I, I'm not saying that I was lost, but it was probably about six to eight games before I really kind of had a good feel mm-hmm. for the team, the personalities, and what they were doing to the point. I mean, I not my work was fine all along, but where until I felt like I was really attuned with what they were doing and I kind of knew what to expect, knew the ins and outs, et cetera. And I think Jerry kind of went through something like that, and certainly a COVID season didn't help And all. the fact that he's never been on a losing team in his life. He's never known what it's like to be, to be bad. Yep. And so you face that for the first time, it's like, oh, uh, okay, what, what happens? You know, one of the things that I've heard from scouts over the years is that they say, okay, all these guys are used to being the best. Mm-hmm. What? Pee-wee, high school ball, among the very best of what they do. 
And then if you have a guy that went to a program like Alabama or another equally successful program, they still haven't seen adversity yet. So what happens when you get to this level, you're smacked in the mouth, you're dealing with a losing streak, or you are, this isn't the case for Jerry Judy, but simply you, there are a lot of guys who have your level of talent yes, and can prevent you from doing what you want to do. And as good as Jerry Judy is, as he was getting open, but there were times, but the, it was more difficult to shake guys. Yep, yep. So, and then kind of the, the, the cherry on the Sunday was the drop pattern that he got into. And, you know, I'll touch wood on his behalf. I haven't heard anything about that. This is training camp. I believe he has had one drop in the practices that we have seen. And I think you have to go all the way back to the first OTA that we saw. Okay, go. So none in training camp. Haven't so seen far. none in training camp. Nope. Yep. He's been clean. I Not to har- over harp on um, quarterbacks, but <laughs> I just wanted to mention one thing about both guys, and we won't even make it a conversation about the two of them. Both guys are completing a high clip of, of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember that from many other training camps where, like, today, I, like, I think, I don't know what the numbers were. Drew had one in completion. Teddy had three. Yeah, I believe so. That's a high clip. I mean, Teddy, we knew coming in today, only had two total. Teddy literally has, five, I believe, five incompletions in three days. Yeah. I mean, Drew, unfortunately, his incompletion total was spiked by having seven in a row yesterday, yeah, yeah. including seven on seven. But either way, I just I, I like that. I like that these guys are getting the ball to the right mm-hmm. place and completing the ball a lot. Um, I just don't think I've seen that a lot in these quarterback years for the yeah. Broncos. All right, what else uh, stood out to you in your notes today? Anyone else that you wanted to point well, we out? We didn't see Tim Patrick today. Of course, he's dealing with a little injury. Mike Purcell left. Looks like he's got a sprain. You're, you're nervous on that because mm-hmm. uh, he's a bigger guy, but also he's coming off of the injury uh, from last year. I mentioned Bobby Massey working with the ones today. And actually, it was interesting. They had Calvin Anderson moving over to left tackle with the twos, backing up Garrett Bowles. And so Cameron Fleming, the other veteran that they signed back in May, was working with the twos at right tackle today. So there's there's still some shuffling going on. I would be remiss also if we didn't touch on the running game because we're talking a lot about the quarterbacks in the passing game. But Melvin Gordon looks terrific. Mm. Mike Boone I, I'm a, I'm is explosive. Yep. Javante Williams, he's fine. He's a good back. But Melvin and Mike have been a little more dynamic, have have been, have had a little more burst to this point. I think Javante Williams is still adapting this, to the speed and everything around him. But it's a reminder of we're talking a lot about the quarterbacks and a lot about the receivers. This team's bread on offense is going to be buttered by this ground game. I'm uh, I'm taking up residency at Boone's Farm um, because... <laughs> You're going to be I, hammered pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I really like the way Mike Boone moves. Yeah. Really like it. I think that this guy, and he's not... Sadly, I don't think he's in the right, in the right opportunity now. But I think this guy is absolutely slept on. Yeah. Not, and yeah. He, I, I don't know why he can't find a place that will let him run the ball more because I don't think it's going to be here. Yeah, not long after the Broncos uh, signed him uh, over on, on the radio side, had uh, Greg Coleman, who is the longtime Viking uh, sideline reporter and also was a punter. So he's a special he's a special teams guy and raved about Mike Boone, was not happy that the Vikings let him go. 
Part of it, of course, is the special teams background. And that's where he's going to contribute right away. But raved about his speed, about his about his his cutting ability. He's really his good. His, his burst. I mean, I think uh, I'm look. I, I wanted to kind of uh, go back and uh, incite a couple of games last year that he had where he was just explosive. I mean, you can, I think somebody has put up a, a collection of his clips on YouTube, and yes, it's a highlight reel. But just watch the way he cuts decisively, yep. and watch how quickly he accelerates when a hole flashes. I I'm I look back and I'm like I'm really surprised they let him go. Now that being said, it probably was a thing of we don't we, we don't want to pay a backup running back two million dollars. We'll just bring in another rookie and move on because they're only a relief guy behind Alvin Cook. But uh, Boone Boone looks legit. Like if if the if the Broncos had not drafted Javante Williams. I would be really comfortable with Mike Boone as the relief back based on what I've seen on the film and what I'm seeing out here. I, you know, uh, me and, and Zach by always talk about this. We've been making this metaphor for years. If you send an alien down who watched practice, didn't know anything, j- just didn't ha- know any of the players names, didn't know who was who and said, who's the best running back on this team. I think they might come away saying Mike Boone. Yeah. He's that good. He is that good. And it's sort of like, like the, uh, the, the thing when you were scouting a, a division two or division three player, can you tell who that guy is without having a roster? Like you say, okay, there's one NFL prospect on this field. Who is it? And if you, if, if you can't tell, then the guy's not worth drafting. Right. But Mike Boone. Yeah. You, if you just took off the numbers, took off the name, said, okay, who's the most explosive running back you right now, you might say Mike Boone. I hope He's he gets this opportunity. And, and I really, like I said, I don't think this is the right place for him. I think he needs to go somewhere where he can battle for the starting job. Well, the truth is, though, you kind of look at uh, things long-term here. It could be Javante and Mike Boone. By next year, yeah. yes. Melvin Gordon, to his credit, Melvin has done nothing to lose the RB1 job. No. I mean, I think we can, we're can. we raving about Mike Boone. Don't take this as a negative on Melvin Gordon. Gordon's, mm-hmm. I mean, he, Gordon's having a really good camp. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. I haven't seen him make a mistake. No. Wrong read, anything. He hasn't dropped a pass in the flat, and believe me, he's had his share of checkdowns because of what we talked about from both the quarterbacks so far. But, uh, yeah, Melvin's been terrific, but Mike Boone has that fifth gear that I think is surprising people who haven't watched him. Yep. Last thing I wanted to point out uh, is Pat Sertan, his comfortability. Now, he got Mm -hmm. beat by Judy. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone gets beat by Judy, but I just... I've never seen a guy look less like a rookie out there. He mm. do, I just, he doesn't, again, if you didn't know, I don't think you would think he was a rookie. The one thing, this is just because I've been doing this an awfully long time. The guy that as a rookie on the defensive side that was more comfortable right away that I'll say is DJ Williams. Mm, Came out of Miami and they dropped DJ in there and he immediately got it. Well, and that's a very intuitive position. Yes. and But Pat Sertan, I'd say, is probably, in terms of his comfort level right away, is probably a, a notch behind DJ, but that's still a good place to be. Right, yeah. I mean, DJ was, I mean, they, they put him in there. The Ian Gold had left in free agency that year, and because of DJ, they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and I get close to the same vibe from Sertan. Different position, but the same kind of... Same kind of maturity, of course. That being said, some of that is about the program you come from. Alabama today, in terms of producing pro-ready guys, is what Miami was 
back in the early to mid 2000s. Absolutely. So you come from out of there. You have been against great players in practice. You've you've already kind of broken through that wall that I spoke of earlier of saying, "Hey, this is the first time in your life that guys have been on your level." Right. He's Probably. going up against an offense that what has Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, um, Frank Gore. Frank Gore uh, was a third team. Andre Johnson, guy. or was that a little before? Andre Johnson yep. was a teammate. Like the the one Miami Hurricanes and DJ Williams played on that team a couple of years before he came to Denver. The one Hurricanes are the greatest college football team I've ever seen. I mean, they they were all they like all played in the NFL except for the quarterback. Uh, Ken Dorsey had a cup of coffee. Yeah, he did. But but that and and I have and I was lucky enough to be living in South Florida that year. So I went to all but one Hurricanes home game that year. Every home game I was in town for. And I did because the talent was just so mesmerizing. Yep. And with the exception of the Virginia Tech game there at the end, they just they just beat people down. I mean, remember, Nebraska shouldn't have been in the national championship game. Absolutely But they have. were, and they just got destroyed. But, of course, if CU had happened to be in that game, they would have gotten destroyed too. I'm sorry. I'm sure they probably would. Well, <laughs> you never know. Every you know, yeah. but nine times out of but, ten. But yeah, yes. Miami back then is what Alabama is now in terms of the, the the maturity level of the player coming in. As far as just they walk into a huddle and they immediately get it. They they know how much you have to study. They know how much you have to prepare. Yep. And if they get beat on a play, they're not they're not going to be phased. They're just going to go they're they're going to go on. So you don't have you don't have that adjustment period for a guy like Sertan. Of course, it says something about Judy. We talk about he had an adjustment period, even though he came from Alabama. But even there, Judy was just so far, so much better than everybody else. Well, and, and that's kind of different. Like Judy, like, Pat Sertan's a really good player. I think Jerry Judy has otherworldly special talent. I, think, I do too. I think Pat becomes a really good cornerback in this league. I think Jerry Judy. I'm starting to think that your bold proclamations may not have been far off about your career aspirations for Judy. I, he I mean, looks amazing. <laughs> I've not, it's truly, you know, you talk about special talent. It's really important in the NFL to have players who just pop off. Yeah. And I think he's the number one guy on the Broncos who you look at and say, that guy's talent just explodes. Anyone could see it. You could show someone football for the first time and they would say, that guy's really good. Yeah. And he does it with every route. I mean, it's a deep post. It's a, it's a, it's a curl. It's quick out squaring. There isn't a route tool that he doesn't have in his toolbox at this moment. I hope Incredible. that he gets, whether it's this year or in the future, the quarterback play that would truly unlock him. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I just mean you mentioned it. Like if Aaron Rodgers was here, oh god! I mean the sky's the limit. Now I, I don't want to talk. He would about get Aaron two thousand yards with Aaron Rodgers. He might, and, and like, but yeah, we don't. What, let's whether, put that in the freezer, right? But whether it's him, whether it's Drew Lock, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, I just hope someone plays well enough to get him the ball when he's open. And because what what we don't talk about mostly because we didn't see to see it happen enough last year is how good he is with the ball in his hands in the open field. I mean, he has a bag of moves yeah. that makes people look silly on a daily basis at camp. Well, you know, I mean, I, I was just thinking back to how you can have a big season in spite of having a meh quarterback. And my mind flashed back to the 1995 Detroit lions and they had, they had, they had Barry Sanders, of course, mm -hmm. but that year, they had Herman Moore, really good receiver, and Brett Perryman, 
Herman Moore at 1,686 yards. Brett Whoa. Perryman, 1,488. Who's the quarterback? Scott Mitchell. <laughs> Never heard of him until right now. There you go. Now, Scott Mitchell, you know, had the best season of his career that year, but Scott, but then a couple of years, but then three years later, he was, you know, cast off and was in favor of Charlie Batch and was, I believe, a Cincinnati Bengal. So the point being that you can have a big season. Oh, yeah. Even when the guy who's your trigger isn't all that great. And young Mace from 13 years old, 1989, remembers Mark Carrier having a 1,400-yard season, and the guys throwing in passes were interception-prone Vinny Testaverde and the exhumed corpse of Joe Ferguson. <laughs> so it can happen even when the quarterback position isn't great. You can still have that big year. Before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Solace Meds. They've got smoking hot deals for you down there at Solace Meds. So make sure you check them out. 25% all off all WANA products, 25% off green dot concentrates, uh, so much more. You can get a 10-cent pre-roll or a 10-milligram edible when you spend $50. That's easy. And there is always, you can add those deals on top of the 20% off you get when you use the magical code DNVR20. And on top of that, when you go into the Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Basically, you can just keep stacking deals on top of deals on top of deals on top of deals, and you're going to come away with quite the haul from our friends over at Solace Meds. So check them out. They've got four convenient locations. You can see them all at solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You know, if you have enough products from Solace Meds, maybe you'll start saying Wheatridge, the way <laughs> Stewie Griffin does, the way I do. Is that why you started saying it? Wheatridge, Will Wheaton, Coo Whip. <laughs> Can't have a pie without Coo Whip. Gotta go Solace Meds in Wheatridge. Because they have the extra deal, of course. Of course, so many deals. Tweetridge, anyway. Uh, actually, I, I kept doing that the week you were gone. You you were out and, and Zach was out uh-huh. because Henry Chisholm, Hank, I, he giggled every time oh, I did that. that and that's I why just we keep kept, Hank around. Yes, exactly. And I'm just like, all right, you're going to have some fun with this. So anyway, I also want to tell you about Illegal Pete's. I need some lunch right Me after too. this. Maybe I'm going to go pick up a Baja fish burrito at Illegal mm, Pete's. That yeah. is my go-to. It is it is tremendous. The best fish burrito I have had anywhere other than in Seattle. Wow, which that's is a bold praise. statement. Yeah. And but that's the kind of stuff you're going to get over at Illegal Pete's and you're what you're also going to get is a free draft beer or house mark when you buy an adult entry if you show a same-day ticket to any event. That's a concert. That's a sporting event. So, hey, in a few weeks, the Broncos kick off their season. If you're going down to Empower Field at Mile High, you want a real great pregame meal before that preseason game uh, against the Rams, you know what? Show on your phone the ticket to that night's game, and you can get that free house mark or draft beer with an entree by showing that ticket at any Illegal Pete's location. Make sure you also check out Illegal Pete's location in Lodo. It's at a new spot at Wazi and 16th. So if you're going to a Rockies game, you get to the winner, you're going to an Avs game, going to a Nuggets game. It's conveniently located in between both. And of course, we're coming to the weekend. So check out breakfast at Illegal Pete's because all their locations have breakfast until 1 p.m. from Friday to Sunday. And down in Lodo, they've got breakfast every day, which means breakfast burritos, tacos, breakfast quesadillas, nachos, and their own proprietary blend of chorizo and bacon crumbles are the meats. Check all that out at Illegal Pete's with locations up and down the front range. Boy, I'm hungry, and it's about that time for the afternoon coffee, so check out Strava Craft Coffee, the best 
CBD infused coffee on the market. You got to check this stuff out and use the code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first order from Strava Craft Coffee. Then when you say, wow, this stuff's amazing, you'll sign up for a subscription. They'll send it to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks, and you'll continue to get a discount 20% off every single time they deliver if you go the subscription route. So check them out, StravaCraftCoffee.com, and get in on all that delicious stuff. All right, Mace, let's jump into the comments, and I believe the first one is from our friend, The Count. Yes, who says, I believe, does he have two comments or just one today? I don't know. Did I not sort them correctly? I think, you know what? I think I didn't sort them correctly. Uh, this is this is great podcasting, by the way, <laughs> as we're sitting here on a page. Yep, I sorted by top rated, not oldest. So the count is in first. Good job, RK. And says, would it be against the NFL laws for the DNVR Power Trio to live YouTube cast call of a Bron- have a live YouTube cast call of a Bronco game? We watch on our TVs, but listen to your live call or when the Mighty League smites you. Why? Because it'd be awesome. Love the count. So you can't actually do this kind of stuff. Uh, what you just can't do is show the game. Right. Um, so, yes, you would have your TV on mute. We could do a second screen experience. I don't know if that's going to happen with the three of us, but we, we definitely experiment with this sort of thing. Um, we've done a couple second screen type yeah. of things. So um, we'll definitely, uh, especially if there's more of a demand for it than just from the count, we can look at. Or maybe we try it out during a preseason game. Yeah. We'll see. Not that I don't like your company. Or Zach's company, but I kind of like to be at the games if possible. Yep. But I mean, there are other people in the DNVR family who are huge Bronco fans, and they're knowledgeable Bronco fans. And of course, you've heard Andre Simone and Hank Henry Chisholm here on this podcast from time to time. So the idea of a DNVR watch along mm-hmm. broadcast, I think, is a terrific idea with with some with some of us checking in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly my season schedule is going to look like because I want to do it all. I want to mm-hmm. um, be here at at the bar for games. I want to be mm-hmm. at the stadium for some games. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a game this year. Yeah. I haven't gone to a Broncos game just for the game. Yeah, um, in f- over five years. So I want to. I'm going to try and like build myself a schedule of just That's like. Fair. And one of those weeks, maybe we do a watch along with uh, with a few people here. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I, I can tell you this. It was so weird last year missing four games because we only had the one credential for home games. And oh, like, right. And split. And I'm, and I'm that, that was that was so hard watching on television. And I'm like, never again. Like, I'm so I'm so glad to be going back to the <laughs> all the games this year because it just watching on television. It just it's not the same. Maybe it's because I grew up a season ticket holder for the Bucks, but it's like being there means something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, next one here from Sebastian Airbay. And by the way, I feel the exact same way about yes. the buffs. You um, should. Fellas, after day three of training camp, has your opinion changed from who uh, you thought was going to win the starting quarterback job? No. Mine hasn't either. Hasn't. I mean, I th- it's close. The race is close right now. So whatever you came into it thinking, you probably still think. I mean, basically like I was kind of going through my, my scorecard for three days and, uh, it was, um, let's see, so, so seven and a half. Don't say it out loud. No. Don't spoil today. No, I know. Well, that's know. The, the group scorecard. My scorecard is a little different because I think, because I had, for, I had day one as a push. Mm-hmm. So my scorecard right now is uh, 16 and a half for Teddy, 13 and a half for Drew. So either way, it's and close. It's, cl- it's close, but that is not close enough to where it's like, okay, I might go with the younger guy who's got upside. 
No, and again, no. there hasn't been anything yeah. dramatic that's happened right. that would change your mind from whatever, for anyone, whatever they thought was going to happen yep. coming in. Dan Burke, hey guys, have y'all noticed that Vic seems more comfortable in his pressers? I never thought I'd say Vic Fangio was charismatic, but he's got me rethinking that after watching him talk to the media these past few days. I think this is really simple. He would rather do an in-person presser than a Zoom. He, yeah. He, he kind of, a few times over toward the end of the season, even in the offseason, lamented doing Zoom. He didn't like it. I think he... I hate it too. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I, <laughs> I think he's happy to be back to that format. And I think he, because of it went away for a year, he actually had maybe had a little kind of greater appreciation, maybe not enjoyment, but it's a better environment for him. And I think it's 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 showing. I think he's been very candid so far. I agree. In in these pressers. Next one's from Love Thunder Down Under. He says, quote, you can't go broke making a profit. My beeping gosh, it's as if you guys were trying to beeping summon me for beep sakes. Anyway, we will leave it for today. By the way, Mace, yeah. you can't go broke making a profit. Anyways, <laughs> gotta say these QB comp is actually getting great. It's probably, in fact, it's definitely orange tinted glasses, but it does really seem like we can operate competitively with either one. For the first time, I'm starting to prefer Teddy. If you're completing 80% of your passes to athletes, we will uh, we have on this offense good things will happen. If we have constantly if we constantly have superior matchups on underneath throws, the separation they can can uh, create on a five yard end can turn into 10 to 15 yards after catch. I'd love that, and I think Fangio t- will too. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, but I think that that's a good point, and I think like we talked about earlier, both quarterbacks have figured out that. Hey, if you get it to Jerry, he's going to do some good things with it. And to a lesser degree, but we saw it today, Noah Fant. If you get to Noah, it's, he's, going to, he's going to have a good chance of making something happen beyond the ball going from A to B. And he said that in his press conference. He said, hey, I li- you know, everyone likes downfield routes, but I take a lot of pride in uh, taking a small uh, catch and turning it into something bigger. You know what? Brandon Allen's continued employment in the NFL might be in part due to the fact that he hit Noah Fant in the flat. That was a sweet play. That was. When Noah just mm-hmm. bounced, like bounced that safety off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, just, I, I think there's something to it. I just think you have to create some splash plays, and that's what mm-hmm. was missing from Teddy today, and that's why Drew won the day. Yeah. Teddy, he tried, but it just wasn't there. Although, yep. if... If Tyree if Tyree had made that catch, that that would it wouldn't have been the splash play like the post to Gary Judy, but it would have been a splash play. Right. I mean, he was he so he's that's why I think if you're Teddy, you stop throwing to Tyree Cleveland at least for a little bit in that scenario because it has it's over two there now. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, next one's Polly from Waukesha. It's been a while since we heard from Polly. It's great to hear from him. He says, "Hey guys, it gets lonely in Wisconsin, and it's been a while since I commented on the pod." Being a loyal DNVR subscriber from way back in the BSN days before hair had been invented and pre-Andrew Mason, I just wanted to let you know that I am in Colorado now and can't wait to meet everyone at the preseason opener in 16 more days on Saturday, August 14th at 2 p.m. at the DNVR bar. That should be a fun one. Yes, I'm still a loyal Broncos fan living in a state of cheeseheads. I think I need psychotherapy from dealing with all the demented Packer fans. However, I was hoping we could snag Aaron Rodgers. I'm betting that his relationship with the Packers will be such that in 2022, He'll be playing somewhere outside of Wisconsin. Exit stage left. See you all at the bar on game day. Cheers, Pauly. Pauly, I don't think you're wrong. It's great hearing from you, but I don't think you're wrong about Aaron Rodgers in 2022. I don't think so either. But we don't want to say anymore because we don't want to have another Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, I'm sick Podcast of it too. Check. Everyone's sick of it. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. We're all sick. Yeah, we're all let's sick of let's it. maybe we're coming back to this in February. Yep, and that's fine. Big T, one for Mace. For the last twenty odd years, almost every vending machine style coffee dispenser I saw at every gas station or petrol station, as we call them, would dispense a pretty bad but drinkable cup of tea. Roll on to the year 2020, and there's a nationwide outrage as most of the main coffee machines now don't do tea. Instead, they give you hot water. Great. I'll just pop in a tea bag and some milk that I carry everywhere with me. Shake my head. I am a coffee drinker now, LOL. So in short, they all used to, but alas, now the U.S. influx of Starbucks into our culture has booted tea to the curb. Sad times. Is this a 200-year-old payback for your tea tax fiasco? Paul Revere has a lot to answer for. Ha ha. Peace out, fellas. The big tea. Well, uh, a the little big reference t- to the Boston Tea Party. Yes. The big T obviously means more than just the letter T yeah, based nice. on that. But the thing is, I heard on Twitter about this. I heard here. This is why our community is the best because I can make some throwaway reference wondering about the existence of, of tea, tea at gas, gas stations. stations. Like you can get coffee over here. And every and and I'm hearing stuff left and right. I love yeah. when like little things remind us that people are paying attention and listening. Yes. Like uh, you, I saw you got some tweets about coffee ice cream. Yeah. I had coffee ice cream uh, the other night. By the way, so good. I know it's <laughs> it warms the soul, and I we thank you deeply for writing with us. But when we hear get feedback like that, it's really, it's really cool. It is. It, it is. It, it could make me. A, Make me emotional here, actually. <laughs> uh, next one's from Melbourne Bronco. <laughs> Hi, guys. Once again, this camp coverage is awesome. I'm loving the breakdowns and QB comp score, uh, scorecard. Keep up the great work. P.S. I'm praying to the sports gods that Green Bay has a horrible season. Cheers. Unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, they won't. Yeah, they, it's not possible to have a horrible season with Aaron Rodgers healthy. Yeah, and uh, if they really want to go for it, you know, you know what they should do? Trade for Xavier Howard. If they really just want to say, all right, we one last go around. Last We're going to try to get this ring. One last dan- dance. They trade for Xavier Howard. By the way, Kevin King, NFC Championship game goat, and not as in greatest of all time. I mean the goat. When his name got announced at the shareholders meeting that the Packers had at Lambeau Field on Monday, booze. Oh, like, oh we tough. brought back Kevin King. Boo. Don't do that to a that's guy. That's not cool. Yeah, I hate that. I mean, is he the reason they lost the game? Yeah, probably. But was it because of lack of effort or lack of preparation? I doubt it. It was more because he wasn't good enough. He had a bad day. He was had a bad day beaten by better pass catchers. Yep. It happens. Anyway, Lionel Hutt's attorney at law for Mace. Zach and RK were not able to immediately understand my username, but I'm optimistic you'll be able to. No, I am not some weird attorney looking for free advertising. So just Simpsons reference. Mm, we figured that out. The late Phil Hartman had an array of characters that he played on The Simpsons. One of them was Lionel Hutz, who to say he's ethically challenged is is an understatement. But one of the one of the one of the greatest kind of bit characters uh, that they've ever had. Like there's a this, there's a scene where he's in a courtroom and uh, Marge is on trial for stealing for shoplifting uh, some bourbon from the Quickie Mart. <laughs> and he gets up there and uh, starts talking about bourbon, brownest of the brown liquors. <laughs> Wait, you want me to drink you? But I'm in the middle of the trial. <laughs> he just runs out. He calls his Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor, who is happens to be David Crosby, as in Crosby Stills, yes. Nashing Young. But then later on, he's had a setback. 
He's uh, arguing before the jury, and the judge says, Mr. Hutz, are you not wearing pants? Ah! And then you see his butt, and then his sponsor, David Crosby, just is shown shaking his head. Poor Lionel. Poor Lionel. All right, what's his question of the day here? Yes, Pat Shermer's claim to fame was being able to get the most of his quarterbacks when he's been in OC, specifically Nick Foles, Donovan McNabb, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum. Do you think Locker Bridgewater fits more into a specific style of play? Will Shermer value pushing the ball down the field with longer developing routes or consistently short games gains? You know what? I think in that case it's Bridgewater. They probably value a little more. Um, I think so too. I think that I mean in the same way that Drew Locke probably wanted to blame Pat Shermer for some of his struggles mm-hmm. behind closed doors last year. I think Pat Shermer probably wanted to blame Drew Locke for some of his struggles behind closed doors last year. Well, everything's on camera. We saw that exasperated reaction that Shermer had in Week 17 against the Raiders at one point. That was caught on camera. Yep. In the in the coach's booth. Yep. So I don't know, but I uh, I think it's probably for the best that while he his input will be taken in. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's Vic Fangio's job to decide who is the better quarterback. It is, and that guy will get the job. But it's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of input from Pat Shermer and a lot of input from Mike Shula as well. For sure. So. Next one's from Miss Quill. Which of the impending free agent guys do you see resigning with the team and who do you feel is likely gone? Thanks, gents. You guys rock. I mean, we're doing this before this, before we even start the preseason. We're talking about next offseason? Never too early, I guess. I mean, you'd probably, look, you'd probably start the list with, Cor- with Cortland Sutton. He's He's a prominent guy. We know George Payton really likes him. Mm hmm. Of course, Peyton's kids really like him. Yeah. And uh, hasn't really had the chance to, to to show what he can do just yet with the knee coming off with a knee injury. So I'd say you start the list with him and go from there. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's go Outlaw 8111. This is the last one, I believe. There was a question yesterday about eight-man football in Colorado. We actually have 11-man all the way down to 1A, the old classifi- classification of where my old high school plays in. Uh, where we have the most football championships of any Colorado school. And there are two subdivisions of 1A, both for eight-man and six-man. Keep up the great content. And I hope we get to find out who our quarterback is soon. I, I wish Outlaw 111 would have given us uh, what school he went to. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If you're still listening, Outlaw, let us know. Yeah, I mean, he gave it. the shout-out for the most Absolutely. most football championships, but uh, we don't know where. That's it. That is There's it. There's 10 questions today. That is a uh, nice work by everyone. Good questions. Nice and concise. We love that. Mm-hmm. Great work from all of you and great work from the people down at MSU Denver online who's present this show to you every single day. So make sure you show them some love. Uh, if you are looking to further your education, you guys know the drill 750 online classes. Uh, also plenty of hybrid programs, whatever you're looking for, however you plan on furthering your education, go over to MSU Denver online for Mason. I, that wraps it up. Zach and I will be back on the pod tomorrow, uh, live from the DNVR bar during the grand opening 2.0 party. So come down, say what's up. If you see someone who works for DNVR while we're doing the show upstairs, you might even be able to get them to to come let you watch a few minutes of the show. So we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, or maybe you'll just hear us tomorrow. We'll see you later.